Let's, uh, let's go to prayer, please. Good morning, Father. The most valuable of anything is paid with the highest price, or paid by the highest price. We saw that when you paid the price for our salvation, a price that we owed that we couldn't pay. And we see that even today, again, when free men pay the ultimate price for freedom. In both instances, Father, you know quite well that price is in the blood of your Son and the blood of free men. Father, we come today to honor you for the price that you paid, and we pay, and we come to honor the men and women who paid with their blood for freedom. We just love you, Jesus, and we love all the men and women, free men and women, who have paid such a price. We ask that you be with us this morning as we celebrate you and honor the men and women who paid the ultimate price. In Christ's name, amen. Y'all, please take your seats. Um, Thank you, Don, for allowing me to speak this morning. Um, Memorial Day um, is a federal holiday in the United States for remembering the people who died while serving in this country's armed forces. The holiday, which is observed every year on the last Monday of May, originated as Decoration Day after the American Civil War in 1868, when the Grand Army of the Republic, an organization of Union veterans founded in Decatur, Illinois, established it as a time for the nation to decorate the graves of the war dead with flowers. By the 20th century, in competing Union and Confederate holiday traditions celebrated on different days had merged, Memorial Day eventually extended to honor all Americans who died while in military service. Somewhat selfishly, I am so pleased and proud to be among many truly honorable men that have served since World War II, Vietnam, Korea, Gulf Wars, and many others. When we talk about the greatest generation, we must include all such men. The same spirit that burned so brightly in the hearts of our founding fathers and other remarkable men during the Revolution is the same spirit of the men that we are honored to associate with today. This is the spirit that has transcended the centuries and remains as a shining city on a hill. Honoring our soldiers, veterans, those still serving and those who have fallen, isn't about agreeing with governments or wars. It is about recognizing that there are people out there willing to sacrifice their lives for ours. It is about honor. Render to all what is due them Tax to tax is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Romans 13, 7. When I contemplate our armed forces, I am humbled that generations spanning hundreds of years, men and women have answered the call. Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. John 15, 13. 
The spirit that filled the hearts of our revolutionary forefathers fills the hearts of our servicemen, members, and families today. Few institutions in the world are as trustworthy as our armed forces. Remarkably, as powerful as our armed forces are, especially in a climate of distrust, revolution, even coup d'etats, as we have seen in Egypt, where civilian control is at the point of the sword, or Syria, Iran, uh, China, Cuba, Russia, and sadly, distrust within our own nation, our men and women respond readily to the instructions of civilian leadership. I believe this is another instance of the brilliance of the construct of our Constitution. Men of character, steeped in experience of repression and oppression, trusted in God to develop an institution worthy of the fight they were engaged. <clears throat> These men built into the fabric of our nation a recognition that all men are afforded rights expressly given by our Creator and that the government serve only to protect such rights. Likewise, our first commander-in-chief recognized the importance of civilian control and service. Even before his relationship was codified in the Constitution, he willingly subordinated himself to the emerging and floundering government. His deference to subordination and service was manifested in his denial to become king. When asked to serve three terms as president, he declined. When asked to accept a salary for general of the army, he declined. His actions epitomize a concept embodied in the Constitution as one of selfless service by focusing on what is best for America rather than for himself. Men and women that serve, civilian or military, are called to serve. He established a tremendous example to act on behalf of, to subordinate oneself to that of another. Stated another way, again, as expressed in the greatest leader, by the greatest leader of all times, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for another. I'm so honored to be a member of an organization that has withstood the test of time. Fellow soldiers who have willingly sacrificed so much for so long while asking for so little is truly humbling. Today we are in perilous times. Seemingly every several generations our nation is called upon to face key threats to our sovereignty and to our way of life. Few challenges of the past compare with the challenges we are facing today. As horrific as the wars of the past have been, there have been few threats since the 1700s that can match what we face today. Not only do we face an external threat, we face one much more insidious, hard to define, and challenging to combat. We are facing a rot from within. Much like an egg that is too long on the shelf, looks good when viewed from the outside, but is vile within. There is little doubt that America can withstand any physical assault from any force anywhere. But I ask you, can America withstand the escalating lack of self-determination and increasing dependency? Can a society succeed when divisive, even hate-filled dialogue is the norm? When there is an overabundance of takers versus givers? An increasing lack of honesty and integrity among our elected officials? America was built upon selfless service, self-sufficiency, and a resolute requirement that lead for leaders to be ethical. Americans are generous people, generosity that is shown to be almost limitless, even generous to a fault. 
One need only to observe the rebuilding of Europe or Japan after World War II, Korea, Vietnam, stabilization of the Balkans, the multiple Gulf Wars, and ad nauseum. Fundamentally, this generosity is founded upon a mentality of work ethic and self-determination, not entitlement. Our forefathers threw off a repressive government that when, when that government ceased to respond to the will of the people by extracting the fruits of a man's labor without regard to the will of the people, by repressing the freedoms of men to self-determine. Today, do we exchange one form of repression for another? Do we advance our aspirations as enumerated in our Constitution when we do not hold ourselves responsible for ourselves and to expect and demand high moral and ethical actions from our leaders? Should we look to anyone for self-needs or should we look to ourselves and the Almighty? Should we depend upon anyone for anything? Did the it-takes-a-village bilge make America what it is today or was it the hard work of all men trusting in a living God. We must ask ourselves again, what is the role of government? Is it to provide or protect? I noted the following from a recent article. There are those who would strip us of our rights and seek to govern outside the law despite having sworn to uphold and defend our Constitution. And there are some who apparently view Congress's powers and responsibilities as mere suggestions. I continue, our, father, our founders in 1776 pledged to each other their lives, their fortune, and their sacred honor in declaring independence from a tyranny of a distant imperial government. Their belief was ever consistent with 1 Corinthians 16.13, be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, and be strong. Should we juxtaposition one form of oppression for another? Does it really matter if the oppression is from without or within? Men and women who voluntarily wear the uniform are the epitome of the definition of selfless service, adhering to the principles that have enabled our country to be the envy of the world. Men and women like many of you who have answered the call, not unlike our founding fathers, risked their all to serve fellow Americans. Few groups in our society, or any free society, have as much responsibility with as little tangible rewards as do our men and women in uniform. It is this goodness of a small percentage of persons that will be the difference between a nation that continues to rise as a shining city on a hill or one that hits the trash heap of eternity. Our armed forces are and remain the best of America. They are persons that put themselves second to the needs of others, willing to pay the ultimate price to ensure a peaceful existence of many others. As mentioned earlier, our generosity is not limited to the needs of Americans solely, but to the needs of all mankind. Again, one need only recall recent international events, disasters such as a tsunami in Japan, hurricanes in uh, uh, Haiti, Ebola outbreak in West Africa, that reflects why our greatness is born in the expression, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are in endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, and we, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, 
establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Never before has been more true what Ronald Reagan said, that freedom is ever only one generation away from being lost. It is our duty to share with young Americans our deep belief in the U.S. Constitution. It is only by abiding by the Constitution and by teaching the rising generation to cherish our liberties that we can hope to survive these difficult times. Though imperfect, our Constitution's thrust is not at odds with the Scriptures. Likewise, as Thomas Jefferson put it, it is in the manners and spirit of the people that a republic is preserved in vigor. To that end, we must preserve, protect, and defend our Constitution from all enemies, foreign and domestic. Or as Ben Franklin said, when asked what type of government, a republic, madam, if you can keep it. The evidence is clear that only through continued vigilance and diligence is the ideals expressed by our Heavenly Father and codified by our founding fathers, voraciously pursued by our elected officials, and embraced by the populace can we hope to remain as an example of free men living as such. It is our, the people's, choice to live a life of self-determination or accept the pathetic life of a dominated, subordinated life of subjects. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Psalm 34, 18. Nothing breaks a soldier's heart more quickly and more completely than an attitude of ungratefulness. No soldier waits on a street corner uh, waiting to receive an attaboy. But I can tell you that in the quiet moments of the dark hours, a resolute knowledge that those for whom he serves, that they appreciate his efforts, is what keeps him warm. There is no salary or other tangible compensation that can match the price he pays for the sacrifice he makes or is willing to make. The number of days or months away from a comfort of family, friends, the soft talk of a loved one that is whispered in the evening hours in the quiet time of a peaceful place known only to a loving couple, or the giggles of a little girl. So happy to play with her dad. Just spending time together. A son that wants to be just like you, Dad. When soldiers are asked to sacrifice, it isn't just their lives. It is much, much more. Sacrificing, willingly giving up those precious moments, moments that can never be restored in the is the depth of sacrifice that is endured by every service member of the armed force. The number of lost moments cannot be counted. There just isn't any way to know, to conceive, to place a value upon. It is truly priceless. It does break the heart of a soldier to not have their sacrifices appreciated. Honoring the selfish, selfless service of those that serve is little more than a mere thank you for something that precious few do. In fact, less than one-half of 1% of Americans today serve in the armed forces. However, over 500,000, 500,000 soldiers have died in service since World War II.
So few stand in the breach between tyranny and freedom. Let us always remember them and the price they paid for what we have today. Thank you so much. And on a lighter note, Don told me if I came shy of 30 minutes, I'd be sent back up here to answer questions. So <laughs> let me uh, bless you and uh, return you. So let's bow in prayer. <clears throat> If y'all will stand, please. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you grace. Amen. Peace. Amen.